Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where To Go, the, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And in this week's special episode, which I'm very excited about, we're mm-hmm. going to go to a few places as we will all be celebrating the publication of our latest guidebook series, Like A Local. So very, very exciting for you, Lucy. Yes. Obviously, obviously um, <laughs> listeners will have heard us kind of bang on a little bit about like a local beforehand this has been really your kind of baby you've been leading this project for the last um 18 months or so yeah exactly we started talking about it um in february or i was briefed in february so just before the pandemic really hit in march so i'm so excited that finally after all this time i can show you what our very talented team of editors and designers and writers have been working on um and most importantly that you'll get to hear some of their voices today it's great yes yes so i mean in kind of summary in kind of a, a gist of what they're about they are like kind of locals talking about their city it's kind of the secrets behind the city so it's not you know uh, for instance the paris guide is not just about going to see the eiffel tower or the no. Arc de triomphe it's it's very much about the cafes museums yeah. restaurants the kind of cultural spots and hidden places and that's weird it. and wonderful things right that's it's, um, it and it's a move away from your traditional guidebooks which are often area led and instead mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. books are theme led and they're based around the themes that encapsulate that city. So London is packed with cosy pubs and swimming spots and markets, all those things that shape London as weekends, for example. Um, And exactly as you're saying, it's kind of encouraging people 
to sort of explore a city like a local, but likewise, hopefully, after being all cooped up, that people from those cities themselves can rediscover their city and find new hidden places that they didn't know were in their back garden. And support sort of smaller businesses, yes. kind of have a more almost sustainable approach to uh, to visiting those cities or experiencing those cities in the future. I think um, I think that's really really important with the you know what we've learned from the pandemic about supporting smaller businesses, but helping them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, we've got we've got loads of loads of really cool family-run businesses, small businesses, black-owned businesses throughout the series. And um, I'm just so excited that finally these will be hitting bookshelves and people will be able to start planning, hopefully, some adventures. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's super, super exciting. So, that I mean, the, by the time this episode goes out, the books will be out. Yes. Um, listeners may, you know, some, you've worked with a brilliant kind of array of authors, loads of really interesting locals. Yep. Um, listeners will be familiar with Kwaku from our New York episode. Yes. Kwaku and Lauren from our New York episode, actually. Correct, who, um, yeah. Uh, who both contributed to that book. Um, Nicola from our Dublin episode too. Yes. Um, the fantastic Nicola. And as a treat for Where to Go listeners, today we are speaking to three different um, like a local authors. So we're going to do some three sort of mini interviews just to kind of find that local perspective, um, yep. you know, introduce you guys to some of these authors and and the unique kind of perspectives that they bring on their places. So firstly, we'll be speaking to Londoner Olivia Pass and then we'll be speaking to San Francisco-based Matt Charnock and finally, uh, Berlin-based Barbara Woolsey uh, about their recommendations of what to see and what to do in those places like a local. So really, really exciting. Uh, Should we get to it, Lucy? Let's do it. Let's do it. So born in London, Olivia, or Liv, caught the travel bug after spending a few years in Hong Kong. And when she's not working as a photographer and writer, she's cycling between bakeries, rambling through parks with her husband Jack and her dog Molly, and she's wild swimming. So... Hello, Liv. Hi, Liv. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Welcome to Where To Go. Great to have you join us. So we thought we'd start off by uh, just quizzing you on London. Obviously, you've contributed to like a local London. But if you want to feel like a local in London, to you, what are some of the absolute must-dos? I think definitely something I'd say, and I don't know if this is influenced a lot by the past year, but is to see some of the green spaces in London. Mm, I mean, mm. I don't think that many people, when you initially think of London, you probably think of like the big landmarks and, you know, Big Ben and, you know, the Shard and all these incredible buildings. But London, I think something like 17% of London is actually green spaces. And there's so many incredible parks, which I think have really come into their own over the past year when we've not really been able to do much else. Um, And they've become, you know, really quite dear to people. So Mm. I don't know, I, I think... Probably my favourite park, well, I've got my local favourite parks, which are sort of Pack and Rye, Dulwich Park. But mm-hmm. I think probably mm-hmm. one that I would say to people is Hampstead Heath. It's just incredible. You get this beautiful like London skyline view. You've got the Hampstead Heath ponds, which are amazing as well. <laughs> um, and that's another great thing about London. Is there's so much stuff you can do in the water and the whole kind of wild swimming scene and the Lidos. And there's great kind of community based around watery stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I I have to say Victoria Park's been like my back garden this past 18 months. There's not a weekend that goes by where I'm not walking through Victoria Park. And it seems like like everyone just meets in the park, don't they? That that's where sort of families are congregating and housemates are going out for runs and you know, especially in summer, all the Brits are out having picnics. That does it is a very 
London thing. Very proud of our parks. And Liv, I love that you've brought up um, uh, Lido's and the like. Because that, yeah. that's such a London thing, isn't it? Lido's, that, that is a really... I don't think we have any. I mean, so I'm in East London. I don't, I'm not sure we have London Fields Lido. Actually. Yeah, there's London Fields Lido for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I think you've hit on that. That is a very London thing, isn't it? For um, for sort of non-British listeners, um, uh, could you guys explain what a Lido is? Um, yeah, so the Lidos are. What are they? I mean, they're like public swimming pools, aren't they? Which tend to be outside. Yeah, <laughs> we've got the um, we've got one in Brockwell Park near me, which is just like it's just lovely like on a sunny day it's in the middle of the park it's got bunting I mean it's weird actually because if you think like we get pretty dismal weather (laughs) (laughs) and yet like there are so many people who love swimming outside in London yeah but I love the fact that we get dismal weather and you've picked on Lido's and green spaces live because (laughs) so we just put up with the drizzle don't we (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's it's the kind of thing that you might expect in like I don't know Madrid or Barcelona or somewhere but actually they're right here in London and you know that those 30 days of sun sunshine that we get a year or so they're they're right there and actually you get a lot of Brits braving them as well when like other times as well so Liv what are some of London's kind of best kept secrets that you're sort of willing to let listeners of the podcast in on so I've got a couple of things that I love one thing and I don't know how frequently they do it but there's a place called the Asylum Chapel in Peckham which I don't know if you've heard of it is so Mm. beautiful I think it's a um it's like a grade two listed chapel it suffered bombing in the second world war and now they use it a lot for sort of photo shoots and filming locations. But I've been to um, gigs there before and it's so beautiful because it's all candlelit, it's peeling plaster, it's peeling paint. It's just this dilapidated kind of beauty of a building. Um, and yeah, if you can see a gig there, like a proper stripped back acoustic gig, that's really special. Um, and another thing that I've kind of I've sort of learned more about sort of researching the guide actually was um, this kind of growing urban wine scene in London, which is Mm. really cool because, again, you kind of don't really think of London as being, you know, you think of wineries and vineyards and stuff as being, you know, out in the countryside, rolling hills and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, there's great kind of bubbling urban wine scene in London. There's a place called Renegade in East London, Mm. which is sort of got this lovely railway arch where you can sample their produce um and that's quite an interesting thing um because there's obviously a big craft craft beer scene there's cideries there's distilleries but the wine scene's a kind of interesting one that's up and coming i think um and then as one other thing i'd say um sounds like weird i think lucy you're into cemeteries as well (laughs) (laughs) we had a lot of chats about cemeteries during making the guide but um (laughs) near me there's a place called nunhead cemetery which is um one of yes. the magnificent seven and it's just unbelievably beautiful it's I think with lockdown and not being able to go as many places I've sort of explored my yeah. local area more mm-hmm. and as much as I love Dulwich Park and Peck and Rye you're kind of looking for different places like Sydenham Woods is really interesting different places to take my dog as well but um yeah Nunhead Cemetery it's wooded it's beautifully eerie there's this sort of big chapel in the middle which is kind of concaved in the middle so it's it's just absolutely stunning and it's different and um you get some great views of London as well. Um, yeah. So on a kind of similar theme of like getting out, experiencing a bit of wildlife and green spaces in London, um, what are your kind of you know, you might go in a completely different way actually, but what are your kind of like great day trips out from London? Like where would you kind of explore if you had like 
a, a, a day to do whatever, leave the city, where, where are you going? <laughs> um, I've been really enjoying Margate over the past year. Um, yeah. That's very like, very quirky, very artsy. You've got the mm. turn of contemporary there. You've got Dreamland, which is this kind of creaky retro um, theme park rides you can do. There's loads of vintage boutiques. There's mm. like a growing craft beer scene and like natural wines. And there's so much stuff going on. But one thing that really surprised me, so I went more last year because being sort of southeast of London, it's quite easy to get there. Um, and I went on this beautiful day last year and I just couldn't believe how nice the beaches were. And yeah. we did this kind of walk to um, Broadstairs and back, which oh, I can't remember how long it took. I think it was meant to take like 45 minutes. It definitely took longer. But you walk kind of along the coast and there's this proper golden sands and there's one called Bosney Bay and it's got like big white chalky cliffs. And yeah, I just wasn't, I felt like as in, you know, I don't know, south of France or something. Like the water was gorgeous. It was, it was just lovely. Well, Liv. Right. Lucy, you've got your quick fire yeah, questions. Yeah, Liv, right? are you ready? I'm going to give you some quick fire questions oh, wow. to end on. Okay. So I'm going to ask you for your four, for four places, but one for each, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, not three. Your <laughs> Just... favorite place in London to eat? Um, I'm going to go Salon in Brixton. Great choice. Great choice. Yay. So <laughs> good. What do they serve at Salon? Um, so they serve throughout the day, but I, so I used to live in Brixton. I lived there for six years um, and it was our go-to for brunch. They have these amazing and do her scrambled eggs, which are just so good. But it's also like, it's this little quiet kind of oasis above the bustle of Brixton Market. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just gorgeous. Fab, fab. Take me there, please live. That sounds great. And then your favourite view. Um, favorite view at the moment is Forza Wine in Packer. Um, it's, uh, well, number one, it's a restaurant bar. So you get to eat and drink there, which is great. Perfect. Um, again, like really great small plates, amazing cocktails. Um, but what's really cool is you get this whole skyline view of London. Like you get to see the whole thing. It is in the distance. You've got the foreground of sort of Peckham and Elephant Mm, and Castle and stuff like that. But it's just amazing to get that kind of view without kind of paying the price tag for it yeah yeah without paying to um for the shard for example which obviously is costly okay next one um uh so we've asked you for like your kind of like day outside of london what day activity would you do inside london so i would go to like the bermondsey area um because there is so much going on there i love maltby street market um Mm -hmm. which is amazing street food markets kind of between railway arches and all the railway arches are filled with different eateries and small batch gin distilleries and antique shops it's just a really cool place and then if you don't want to go there you can go to if it's open I think it's just open on Saturday it's a place called Spa Terminus which is where lots of the kind of food businesses are based so you've got like Monmouth Coffee Mm. Little Bread Peddler which is an amazing bakery lots of like different organic produce um and then if you feel like not doing that you can do Bermsey Beer Mile Mm -hmm. which is this incredible chain of like different cideries and breweries and distilleries i think there's 17 in total so that makes quite a fun day out i think it keeps so there's just so much going on there yeah yeah (laughs) i've actually never completed the whole thing (laughs) me neither me neither it's too i think we've got we've got through about four or five and then and then it just settled on because they're all really good as well like we just ended up settling (laughs) i know and then you get distracted by the food along the way (laughs) yeah 
It, no, it's a, it's a great. That's a really really good shout. And um, on a very very similar note, and uh, you can pick the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, uh, where would you go to drink? So the place that is springing to my mind is somewhere actually in central London, which I don't often venture central London anymore. But I went to a place called the Experimental Cocktail Club in um, Chinatown. And it was actually one of my early days with my now husband. And I remember just him taking me there and just thinking, wow, this is really cool. Um, this guy must be cool. <laughs> and it's, um, it's like a battered door. It's between different, you know, sandwiched between Chinese restaurants. You probably wouldn't see it if you didn't know it was there. There's no signage. But you go inside and there's sort of three stories. It's just got really great cocktails. It's got like a cosy, cool vibe. Um, and yeah, it's a great, if you want to take someone on a date, that's a nice destination. Um, yeah, it's great. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Liv. Um, those were some brilliant, brilliant trips, uh, tips for London, uh, local tips as well. And uh, yeah, it's been brilliant, uh, brilliant having you on the pod. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So, uh, a huge thank you to to Liv. I thought that was that was brilliant. It was great to hear from a London like a local author. And uh, listeners, if you're um, if you're you want to hear more from uh, Liv, she's actually got two different um, uh, Instagrams: one for photography, one for travel writing. So her travel writing you can find her at Livy Pass, and her photography you can find her at Olivia underscore Pass underscore Photography. Um, and who have we got next, Lucy? Next up, we've got Matt Charnock, who wrote for San Francisco Like a Local. Yes. So caffeine addict Matt Charnock moved to San Francisco five years ago. Outside of drinking coffee and working as a writer, editor and storyteller, Matt is running across the city's green spaces and winding in the city's dive bars and perusing local farmers markets. So welcome, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. Welcome onto the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's brilliant to have you come join us uh, and great to be talking about San Francisco. Yes. So obviously, Matt, you wrote for San Francisco like a local. So what would you say are some of the essential experiences to feel like a San Franciscan? The essential experiences? Well, I would say for one, you have to at some point in your you know, journey here, um, walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm, that is essential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, as, you know, as it's both loved by locals and tourists alike, I would say it's a okay, really, okay. yeah, it's like to, just to see the Pacific Ocean in like a yeah. perched way, like on a man-made structure that connects two land masses is very interesting. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you'll see at any day, you'll see, you know, professional photographers taking stills. You'll see people with an iPhone. Like it's a really kind of, Good melting pot of, you know, activity. Great. Sold. I'm there. I'll happily walk across. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I thought it's quite cool to cycle. You can cycle across it as well. Yeah, you me? can cycle too. And um, mm. speaking of like, speaking of cycling, so like one of my favorite things to do, um, I live in the, um, I live in the tender now, which is between Knob Hill and the Tenderloin. And um, I will just like rent like a, like a bike or, you know, or even just take borrow friends and just start here and you can bike across the Golden Gate Bridge into Sausalito, into Marin, and really, nice. you know, Sausalito's famous for its houseboats. And so, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorite things to do is just bring a backpack and, like, lunch and just, like, look at the houseboats and, like, just read and kind of vibe. So it's a really... That sounds like a wonderful day. It's, it's a wonderful day. And, like, also, like, you know, because you, you don't sweat because it's, like, it's like you know, perpetually 65, 72 here. So, you know, yes. you don't... Yeah. 
Yes, I know, uh, Matt, when you and Laura are both writing about, uh, for, for San Francisco Like a Local, you talked about Carl the Fog. Can yes. you tell listeners what Carl the Fog is, or Absol- who Carl the Fog is? I'm so Absol- intrigued, well, well, fun, I'm so intrigued. Well, well, <laughs> well fun fact, um, Carl the Fog is actually not Carl of the Fog. Um, he, there, so, like, it started as an inside Twitter joke. Um, okay. But, so, Car- so Carl is like, you know, it's like this, like, so basically it's... Um, um, a marine like weather patterns, like a giant level of fog that comes in the city in the in the evening and then like leaves by like kind of like 10 a.m. noon. Um, so like every day you just see this blanket of fog, and you know it's become very anthropomorphic, so to speak. To like, oh, that's it's Carla, or now it's Carla. So, um, but uh, but but yeah, it's it's very it's funny because you know the the fog is so dense in San Francisco um, that it's actually we have fireworks every Fourth of July and you can't see them because the fog is so oh, thick. Oh really? Yeah, it's really. Yeah, if you look at if you I I encourage anybody to like look at you know a Google image of like fireworks in San Francisco and like you'll just see like what looks like an LED light in the sky and like clouds. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's really perplexing. But um, but yeah, I I I struggle. I don't think there's any sort of atmospheric kind of like anomaly like this in the country really so it's really interesting yeah uh so um in terms of like kind of genuine sort of secret places and experiences that you know which of which like listeners might find in like local san Mm -hmm. francisco uh what are some of the the sort of genuine ones that are some of your favorites so i actually have a i have a hiking column in sf gate which is a local um kind of online magazine here Mm. and one of my i always i always like implore people to like take advantage of our hiking and our green spaces. I mean, we have the densest, you know, um, amount of kind of parks in anywhere in the country. Um, And specifically too, like we have the, we have really like history, like stepping staircases. So there's one called Philbert's Steps, which literally goes through like an urban jungle. Um, And you can hear these invasive parrots like squawking on either either side. And it's really interesting. So that's like Filbert Steps and Greenwich Steps, which is by um, like a quarter or half mile off Fisherman's Wharf. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would say really like for anybody who, um, and I believe we include this in the book as well, who's coming here is like really take advantage of the city's like staircases and steps. It's very, they're never crowded. You can really sponge up the city and the views are just spectacular. Brilliant. That's a good tip. That is a great, great tip. Yeah. How about any, do you have any kind of secret bars or restaurants or galleries that you're willing to tell our listeners, or you're you going to keep them to yourself. Oh, I, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always down to like signal boost a small business. So I would say like um, the Cinch Bar, which um, is the oldest, one of the oldest queer bars in San Francisco, and the last queer bar um, actually in what was originally San Francisco's neighborhood is called the Cinch Saloon, and so and it's been around for oh, I want to say gosh, at least 40, 50 years. And it's a really, it's a no frills like dive bar, but it's like rich. It's like it's. It's pinnacle queer San Francisco. And, you know, us being the gay capital of the world, it's a very like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So um, that's one. Galleries-wise, like, I would say, um, actually, you know what I would say? Like, before your visit, I believe we also included this in the book, like, look up pop-up art galleries that are coming up in the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really good, like, I would say, you know, as you are coming in or planning, like, just do um, SF Fun Sheep's a great website to, like, look at, like, um, happening events in the city. So just like literally type in art galleries and you'll perhaps even find a pop-up exhibit or something of the sort. Um, yeah. Cool. So, Fab. My little secrets. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for it, divulging. Awesome. You talked a little bit about kind of like uh, cycling and hiking and stuff mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, if you were kind of like to go from San Francisco and just explore a little bit of wider California around there mm-hmm. as well, where's like kind of one of your favorite places to kind of go if you were to take a day trip? So day trip, I would say like... Um, Sausalito and actually, hmm, if you have one destination around like here and you only have like, let's say, you know, six, seven hours, I would say go to Pacifica. It's gorgeous. And they actually have one of the most like what's been described as like the most gorgeous Taco Bell in the country, which is a little little fun fact. (laughs) So um, in Pacifica and like the it's just breathtaking. There's actually a hiking trail there called um, Devil's. I think it's Devil's Devil's hill slide trail or something something devils if you search it you'll find it mm-hmm. um but it over you're perched like hundreds of feet above the pacific and you can actually see whales and dolphins oh, and wow. sea lions actually like off in the distance um if you time it right obviously but um but yeah it's really i would it's like you know that hike too is like an hour i think um but yeah pacifica it's like for the quintessential like what you see, what what people think about is california like in postcards like pacifica sure. like that yeah, is very yeah. much i would say go do the 45 minute drive down and then explore vibe out and then drive the 45 minutes back. I'm out of interest. What makes the taco bell the most? <laughs> I was going to ask about <laughs> no, the same thing. Really, no, I was like, when I moved here, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to live here. Um, so it's like, it actually sits on the Pacific ocean. So like it actually sits on the side. So like you can like literally have like a, you know, a gordita and just like look out and see like dolphins and whales. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and like, and like the way they also like, I think, like the way they built it to was like kind of like surf shack kind of kind of a thing. Okay. So it's like Got this it. like yeah, and so it's it's always crowded, but it's actually but it's like worth it to just like have like your seven seven dollar meal and just like have these like gorgeous views. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like it's like wow, I, I I'm being frugal and just like expunging the city. So <laughs> that's brilliant. I mean, amazing. So we are going to now kind of give you some quick fire questions. So okay. Um, you know, first thing that pops in your head, don't dwell. First thing okay. to think of. Um, right. So, and actually, the first thing we're going to start on, it might be a Taco Bell. It might be not be. Uh, but uh, the first thing I'm going to ask. No judgment, ask, Matt. No yeah, judgment. absolutely okay. no judgment. But um, where in San Francisco, one place you'd like to eat? Um, Atelier Crenn. Oh, why? It is. I, so Dominique Crenn, she's a very like, famous celebrity chef and she's like this like this like badass lesbian who i just admire dearly um and she um has um she dedicated the restaurant to her father and the whole every menu is set up like a poem so you go in every oh. every menu is different and everyone's read like a poem so you actually order like through stanzas and it's really interesting wow. and how she presents food and how she you know she she i've only i've dined there once before but she's there like you know, a lot of the time and just talks to you like you're a guest in her own home. And like, oh, even, lovely. yeah, she has actually, actually, if you want to, like, she has a chef's table on Netflix. She has a, a, a profile on there. I think I've get seen to it. Know. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know, she is just like, I really admire her and like just her, she's just a very warm presence. And like, she kind of like embodies like the weird San Francisco, kind of like the energy of like, I found home here after living so many other places and this is my home. And that's kind of like how she expresses herself through her food. So, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant answer. That's a, that's a great answer. Sounds wonderful. Next question, Matt. Um, a great view. Oh, um, Hawks Hill. 
So that is so. Actually, there's fun fact. There's two Hawks Hill, and I. Only reason I know this is because I googled one, and I was like, "Oh, I went to the wrong one." Uh, so, <laughs> so, so the one there's one in Sausalito. So like, like we we're talking about before. So if you cross the bridge, it's actually the Marin Headlands area. So basically, like crossing the bridge, and you just quite frankly take a left, um, and you'll see like gorgeous images of like the Golden Gate Bridge um, kind of cityscape. And usually, if you've ever seen like a s- image of like like what looks to be hills, the Golden mm-hmm. Gate Bridge, and then like. San Francisco, like that's usually taken from Hawks Hill or the Marin Headlands. So that was that's like a quintessential, you know, go and see the city and all yeah, the. And if you go, and if you go early enough too, you can see the fog actually rolling in. It's really yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Very good tip. Cool. Uh, amazing. That's a, that's a great tip. Um, so we talked about sort of day experiences outside San Francisco. How about yep. your perfect day in San Francisco? One activity that you would do. One activity, I would probably, hmm, I would start my day on, like, just getting a bike and, like, renting it for the day. I would go to the Mission District to have coffee, which is mm-hmm. kind of, like, that's where Dolores Park is and kind of all of the all of the kind of charm and quirkiness of San Francisco's at that park at any given time. And then I would have my coffee at the park, and then I would probably actually go up through Alamo Square, which if you've ever seen Full House, that's the Painted Ladies, and that's kind of that iconic kind of view, and um, yeah. it's a nice place to see. And then I would go down that very long, steep hill, and then I would probably descend into the Panhandle, which is a park that actually sits right next to Golden Gate Park. And it's actually my favorite place to just walk with friends. So um, there's a ritual coffee there. Again, you can see, the coffee thing is really coming into like <laughs> full, <laughs> full frame. Um, so I'd have a second, <laughs> I'd have a second coffee, and then, like, um, just walk Panhandle. And it's like this, I think it's a mile or a mile and a half kind of, like, walk around. And it's very, yeah, you just see people walking with their dogs, their kids. And just you see all the shades and colors of San Francisco, like, on that walk. Yeah. And then we'll leave there, go to um, Ocean Beach, which is, like, um, if you keep on going past Golden Gate Park, it's, like, this gorgeous stretch of, like, you know, um, of, um, of the Pacific. And actually, during the weekend, uh, the the freight highway there is actually closed off to his cars. So you can actually walk around the road without like getting wow. bored. Yeah. So it's really, so that's like during the weekend. Oh. And then I would just watch the sunset kind of go down across and then I would bike back home and just have a fourth coffee before going to bed. So <laughs> biking, coffee, view. Yeah. You've got it all there. That's a, that's a great itinerary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dude. Then Matt, I do oh. the most impressing the most pressing thing to be yes. is where you would choose to drink in San Francisco. Okay, well, like, which which are we talking? Cocktail libation or like first thing that comes into your mind? Just okay, uh, whatever. What, what, what do you want to drink now? Where, I mean, where would can... I cry at a bar? Let's see. Where would I cry at a bar? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would. So like I would. I was, hmm. Peace. What came to mind right now was Peacekeeper, and it's one of my favorite. Like. I want to say hole in the wall because it's quite a large bar, but it's it's in the Polk Gulch area, and there's like floor to ceiling, kind of like the background here, kind of like floor to ceiling, like floral vines, and the whole thing is kind of like the whole it's very it's a peaceful vibe. It's just kind of like indoor jungle, so that's a good place to just have a cocktail and drink. Um, the lookout, I would say, like that's my favorite, like queer, like just go and just like people watch. So you're just like, it's, it sits at the corner of the Castro. And so you sit, you know, three, four stories up and the drinks are affordably priced and you just sit and talk and watch the city go by. And it's a really, it's very like calming and also like very like 
gratitude experience, if you will. And then you fry when you get home. (laughs) (laughs) That's not essential. That's not part of the, you know, you don't have to. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's optional, optional. Tears of of gratitude, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for that, Matt. That was, um, uh, you know, uh, some really... Brilliant, quick fire um, uh, recommendations oh, yeah. and um, a really lovely intro to San Francisco as well. Obviously, you can uh, listeners can find out even more in your recommendations in the book as well. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So yeah, look forward very much to reading it. Um, I know I get my copy tomorrow, so I'm really excited. So, oh, I yay. will be reading all about San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I know the jackets are. I love the jackets are incredible. I love the jackets; they're uh, so cool. Yeah. The illustrations. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, did a brilliant brilliant job with that so but thank you thank you so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast to talk about all things like local thank Thank you matt thank you so much it's been a pleasure guys and i hope everybody gets a a nice taste of san francisco when they come here this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. huge thank you to matt that was that was uh brilliant so so nice to see him hear his insights in san francisco and his enthusiasm which yeah he was so fun to email and talk to throughout the whole um writing process a big thank you to matt and listeners if you want to kind of follow matt's um uh thoughts opinions uh about all things san francisco you can find him on twitter at m underscore j underscore charnock so uh lucy who have we got next? So next we've got Barbara Wolsey, mm-hmm. who wrote for Berlin Like a Local, which is actually coming out in January. Yep. So that's the second generation where there's six books coming out. That's right. In September um, and October. And then the second six, the second generation, come out in January 2022. Great. Great. So born in Canada, Barbara's called Berlin home for nearly a decade now and couldn't imagine living anywhere else. Between working as a journalist and completing her master's, she's dancing at open airs, mm-hmm. shopping at markets and hunting for her next favourite craft beer. So, hello, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Welcome to Where to Go. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> brilliant to have you on the podcast and brilliant to have you discussing Like a Local as well. Um, so, obviously, you've kind of uh, been writing for the Like a Local Berlin book, which is out in January. Um, which we're all very excited to read. But today we we want to hear a couple of um of your personal tips and 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 your own kind of like takes on the city, um, just to give readers a kind of little insight into the books. So um I'm gonna start by asking what would be on your hit list for a first time visitor to feel like a local in Berlin? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think the beauty of Berlin um, is there isn't really a typical local. Like Berlin is the kind of mm. city where you can pretty much have what you want, do whatever you want, be whoever you want. Um, mm. And nobody really cares. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're not, um, you know, kind of harming other people. It's a very tolerant city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it really becomes a place where you can... Um, yeah, just kind of shape your own life, shape your own existence. And what I've really loved is it seems to be a city also where it kind of grows with you with age. Like, of course, you know, I moved there in my 20s and uh, for the reasons of like partying and, you know, like techno (laughs) raves and uh, meeting lots of, uh, you know, multicultural people from all around the world, making friends. But now that I'm a bit older, there's also, you know, I'm in my 30s now and there's also the chance to, there's like a lot of nature around. Mm -hmm, There's, mm -hmm. um, you know, really great food scene. Uh, There's just kind of something for everyone. So I don't know, the things that I would say are quite unique to Berlin. um, We we have a great brunch scene, for example, especially when it comes to boozy brunch. Okay, okay. Great. (laughs) language. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, hangover brunch it's it's very important in berlin like there's two kinds so there'd be a hangover brunch and then there's also this kind of pre-game brunch right like we've got uh <laughs> we're quite known for daytime parties here kind of open airs that you know go from friday night till monday morning potentially um so it's very important to you know get get some good fuel inside uh, something yep, yep. heavy maybe you know a little a little bit of something to drink as well to get the party started. So um, that's something that I think is always really great um, in Berlin. And then, of course, yeah, like these kind of daytime parties that we have on the weekends. This is something that you don't really get anywhere else where you can, you know, have brunch, um, have a few drinks, go out at 1, 2 in the afternoon, still get home at, you know, 9, 10 at, at night if you want to, or potentially go later if you want to as well on a Sunday, and then, you know, still have a have a proper Monday and not uh, feel like your world is destroyed the next day. So, <laughs> so that I always I always kind of like, and I say everybody should should go and do that. Go and experience an open air because you just you just see the it's great people watching. You just see these crazy yeah. characters like glitter, like really wild outfits, a lot of like leather, but also really you know like fetishy kind of wear as well. But also just you know these kind of only in Berlin um, characters mm. and that uh, I think is really <laughs> unique to the city. Because cause we, we, we were talking to um, uh, Cash uh, from Berlin in our last series and he was talking about like Berlin, yeah, being kind of super inclusive, a city full of uh, sort of crossroads where loads of different cultures meet, where various people from around the world meet and it's this kind of almost like festival of, of, of love and, and appreciation for one another and stuff. Absolutely. I feel like this festival vibe goes from open airs to just kind of on the streets. Like there's so much always happening on the streets that I feel like nothing shocks me anymore. Like you see these people kind of taking the U-Bahn or like some DJ at 2 a.m. like in the subway playing a set and just nothing really shocks you anymore. I think when I I first moved to Berlin, um, I remember one of something that I saw I was just like walking down the street and there was this guy with like a blue mohawk and he had this little rat on a leash on a pizza box, just like walking down the street. And I just kind of had this moment like, well, that's Berlin. (laughs) There you have it. Like, (laughs) So, I mean, you see these kind of things and people are so chill and so like, you know, you do you. Um, And I, I, I really love that about the city. 
That's so cool. I think also in the book, um, like uh, Berlin, like a local, you talk about, and it'd be great to hear about. I'm not going to pronounce it right, but Spati. 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 Could you tell listeners about what Spati is? Yes. So Spati's. This is something that's very uniquely Berlin. It's basically mm. a convenience store, um, but it's the kind of place that you know is open. Re- you know, all hours of the night, basically, you mm. can just grab a beer there anytime. So, you know, after you've left the club, this can kind of be a place to fuel the after party. But it can be also a place just to kind of meet, hang out. For example, I live in an area called Reuterkietz, um in Neukölln, and there's a Späti around the corner where literally there's a party there every weekend. There's like <laughs> at least 40, 50 people just hanging out on that street corner grabbing beers from the Spati, uh, you know, kind of standing in little groups and socializing yeah. with each other. So um, it's something very culturally important to Berlin. Um, so you've sort of slightly hit on it with the Spatis actually, Barbara, but what are some of the kind of lesser known spots or experiences of Berlin that you sort of recommend our listeners and readers must do? Hmm, yeah, there's so much. Um, the thing about Berlin is, it is so diverse and you do really need to kind of dig your way into scenes um, to really mm-hmm. find out. I would say, you know, check out some of the local media. There's a great magazine called Ex-Berliner that covers a lot of events. Um, you know, there's something called Local that also covers events. Um, you know, kind of check around on Facebook because there's always just events happening. Like, for example, we've got a great um, voguing and ballroom scene. So there's cool. all kinds of like dance events that are always happening, you know, spoken word, pop choirs. Um, we've got oh, really cool. great karaoke spots. Um, there's just so much going on. It really depends on, you know, what you're into. Honestly, I would say the best way to, is to just kind of chat up a Berliner, you know, chat up your yeah. your waiter. Um <laughs> Berliners, yeah, some, you know, the kind of real Berliners that are from Berlin, like the Germans, they do tend to be kind of a tougher bunch. But I mean, everybody else, it's pretty rare to find a, to find a real Berliner. Like everybody else here comes from somewhere else. So they're really, they do tend to be kind of friendly and open and um, yeah, tolerant as, as we were talking about before. So yeah, yeah. Maybe go to Spati and ask your Spati is the perfect place to begin. Tips. I think that's a great idea, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we've kind of like introduced us to the, the party kind of festival atmosphere of Berlin. But if we were to take a day out of the city, so if you were kind of, um, you know, going into Berlin, um, wanting to kind of find like an experience that you can kind of do on a, on a day trip and, and get out a little bit. What, what would you tend to do, Barbara? What's your, mm-hmm. what's your go-to? Yeah, I think um, that's something that's great about, you know, where Berlin is positioned is, you know, you have this kind of contrast of East and West um, mm. since the country was divided yep. with the Berlin Wall. So you've got some great spots where you can really learn about East Germany, you know, culture, history, um, really beautiful places as well from the landscape. Like, for example, Spreewald is um, a place that I personally think is one of the most beautiful spots um, close to Berlin. It's sometimes called the Venice of Germany because it's very, very green. There's a lot of little canals where you can rent a little boat or, you oh, know, cool. kind of have a little cottage stay. It's only an hour outside of Berlin. Um, the food is really like heavy, proper um, East German food. Um they've got yeah I, I just really love it there for example and mm. and the, the pickles are quite famous there as well <laughs> so you can definitely go and have maybe 
the, one of the best pickles of your life. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am going to slightly put you on the spot here, Barbara, yes. but um, I'd like to know if you had to choose four places, so one to eat, one to see a great view, one for a day activity and a drink, what they would be. So let's begin yeah. with if you had to go somewhere to eat. Oh, man. Okay, let me think about this for a <laughs> second. <laughs> There's so much. There's so yeah, much course. in Berlin. Yeah. Um, just just go for the first thing that comes into your mind. Don't 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 well, look okay. back. Don't don't don't, don't dwell. Right. Don't so dwell. So my personal favorite restaurant in Berlin um, is a Taiwanese noodle house called Lon Men. Mm. Um, it's on the street called Kantstrasse, which is basically known for a lot of the best Asian restaurants in Berlin. So you can kind of go hopping and have, you know, different uh, variations of Asian cuisine. But this restaurant, I mean, you know, no matter what time of day you go, it, the food is always amazing. Like it's basically um, this family that runs it, the owner, I mean, he's got to be in his 70s by now, but he's always standing there at the door, always like controlling everything. I, I interviewed him once and I remember him saying something like, you know, when the when the tiger's gone, the monkeys play or something like that. So he's really like making sure that, you know, every customer is getting their orders fast, quick, um, properly yeah. cooked. Um, it's this tiny, tiny place. There's, you know, nothing to speak of decorative wise, but the food is just amazing, like amazing chili wontons. Um, yeah, so good. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> yes, my stomach just rumbled, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's your plan for later. Um, uh, so let's move on to uh, where you can see a great view of Berlin. Mm. Ah, okay. Um, Teufelsberg, which is um, basically, it's this hill that was made from World War II rubble. And then during the Cold War, it became um, a spying site for the Americans. So now you can kind of um, go up there. I believe they're even doing tours up there um, and get kind of a view of the, the area called Grunewald. Um Yeah, that's something really cool. And I love the history yeah. aspect of that as well. Yeah. yeah, that is really cool. That's really, really interesting. Do, do you kind of see any of the like kind of debris and stuff in the in, in the rubble still or is it yeah kind of there's old? well there's a lot of hills that are kind of made like that i don't think you see so much debris but i think you can you know there's some graffiti kind of at the top you can see mm-hmm. um yeah i think you can also kind of talk um a little bit with these tour guides and get a little bit of a view around and stuff yeah Wow. Okay, that's cool. That's and very incredibly um, Berlin as well. That sounds very Berlin. How about then for a day activity? What would you do? Day activity. Well, I mean, you're in Germany. You might as well go to a beer garden, right? Like, there's we we do have um, you know quite a few good ones. Like, not on the level of you know Bavaria or Munich, let's say, but we do have some really cool places. Um, Café am Neunsee is a really nice one. It's in the middle of a park. Also Prattergarten um, is quite famous. Uh, more of a modern, you know, Berlin vibe place would be the Beerlow Craft Brewery. Um, it's basically made out of containers and they do really good craft beer, you know, made in Berlin. The brewery is sitting right there um, in this wonderful park that's full of, you know, like skaters and, I don't know, table tennis players and just a lot of young people enjoying life so I, I always love to go there that's that's really cool that's a that's a great shout and then um and finally maybe most importantly i don't know um where to drink where to drink. <laughs> or where or what to drink like what should uh <laughs> um okay well 
<laughs> yeah, where to drink? Well, I think if you're going to do a daytime party, you could probably go to Sisyphus. This is a club that I always really like to mm-hmm, go to mm-hmm. because Ka- you have Cash this... recommended that in the, ah, the nice. episode as well. <laughs> ah, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, that's a really good one. Hmm. A place I also like to go to, um, it's been closed for a bit due to Corona, but actually indoor clubs are starting to open again. So they just recently had the first edition. Um, I love to go to this place called SO36. It's, um, yeah, one of the oldest clubs in Berlin and it's in Kreuzberg and basically like Iggy Pop used to party there. David Bowie used to party there. There's a long history with this place and they do really awesome events. I love to go to the 80s party. You get really great music. Um, there's also a gay party called um, Gehana, which is like Arab electro music. There's roller skating events. They've got good rock gigs. That's a great place to go and party. I mean, it's really like, okay, te- tequila shots and like bad beer and bad wine and stuff, but it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, and it's very fun. Berlin. Sounds yeah. su- it's like a super <laughs> empl- enjoyable place to drink. That's uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, thanks very much, Barbara. I think that's... Uh, so many recommendations that you've just packed into the last like 15 minutes or so that with yeah, us which is I think um, you also painted a really quick portrait of Berlin you know tolerant party central very unique I don't think there's anywhere like Berlin and you've yeah you've done a wonderful job of capturing that for listeners oh thank you I'm so glad to hear it and James and Lucy whenever you want to come down to Berlin just let me know and uh, we need <laughs> to do you. it we need to do <laughs> we it will do. we will we'll cover there. some of them yes we've exactly. talked about this before we we, we, yeah, we will, we will be there go. at some point go. and it'd Excellent. be lovely to see you there right in a spatie uh, looking forward <laughs> yes we'll start at the spatie and see where well, super spatie we'll see where it takes super us spatie. exactly thank you Barbara Thanks to Barbara. That was brilliant. Uh, Berlin sounds so fun. So fun. Yeah. And as she was saying, you know, so incredibly tolerant and uh, and friendly, um, which is also, you know, we hit on when we spoke to Cash um, last season. That's, I think, the impression that we got. But great to hear sort of some more specifics from Barbara. Yeah, absolutely. Community sort of place, the, the meeting point of like kind of Europe of like different types of cultures, people yeah. and so and so on. It was, I mean, it's fantastic. I, I, I really, really need to go back. I've been doing it so wrong every time I've gone, <laughs> clearly. So um, uh, huge thanks to Barbara. Um, you can follow Barbara on Instagram at barbara.wolsey to sort of follow all of her exploits in Berlin. Um, and yeah, uh, so, so that kind of brings to an end our sort of tour of our, of, of like a local authors, hasn't it? I know. It's I'm been really sad. fun. It's quite sad that it's over. It's been so nice to to talk to them all. You know, we've worked so closely with these writers. We're emailing them every day and trying to kind of draw on what that's what that city's really about, what makes it tick. And it's been so lovely to have them all on because I feel like we have kind of got under the skin of these places. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, you know, uh, these these three writers have all like dealt with your with our team of editors have been working away to make these books and it's 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 brilliant to see them finally out there so you you must be chuffed I'm Lucy. delighted and I think you know it's just showing listeners and readers the alternative ways the local way to see a city you know some yeah. of the the, <laughs> the graveyards and the lidos and the secret staircases and the spartis yes. like these are the things that 
you know, locals love. This is where you'll find the locals. Um, and hopefully it's where we'll find our listeners and readers when we make it there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you spot us around trying to struggle up, <laughs> struggling up the staircases, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out outside the spray tees, you know, we'll be right there with you. Um, it's definitely, it's such an interesting way to see a city differently. I think there's like lessons for us all in terms of supporting smaller businesses, yeah. seeing seeing cities in a different way and not just doing the same thing every single time exactly. as well. So go out get the books they're out in the uk now they're coming out in the us uh in october at some point i believe yes so once again a massive thank you to our guests olivia matt and barbara next time uh we'll be on a different adventure we don't know where yet but no. we <laughs> we will find <laughs> out very very It'll soon be great, i'm sure <laughs> um, uh, so we will join you again in a fortnight but until then uh thank you very much lucy thank you james and thank you to you listener we shall see you very soon where to Go was produced by the team at DKI Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recordings. For more information about DKI Witness, follow us on social media at DKI Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please remember to like, rate, review and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us. New from DKR Witness, our Like a Local guides feature the best local hangout spots, hidden haunts and independent businesses. So if you want to sample incredible food at London's best vegan pub, discover Paris's trendiest venues or have a moment's peace in Dublin's coolest bookstore, these are the guides that will make you fall in love with the real city. Listeners to Where to Go can now get 10% off the books over at wordery.com. Simply enter the code Like a Local at the checkout to receive your discount. Happy reading. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.